everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is John Bishop, and you're listening to Conversations for Freelance Creatives. I'm glad you joined me. Well, we've had a very, very busy week. I, you can hear the echo in this room. It's because we're turning my parents' old home into our art studios. Uh, it's a, maybe a harebrained idea, but it's something we thought of. Uh, we're now spending uh, money on two, two studios in Houston so that we have a presence in Houston. And we thought, you know, this house is paid for, it's got more room. If we did all of our work here, we could lose a studio in Houston and just use the other as a, as a gallery space and meeting space when we need to be in the city. So that's what we're attempting to do. We've ripped out all the carpet, we've sealed the floors, the concrete floors, um, probably gonna end up putting in carpet because the, the floors are in a pretty bad state, um, though it is a studio. How, how nice do you need it to be in a studio? But that's what we're up to, and so we're in the middle of that process. We've gotten a quote on carpets, um, but of course, no, no delivery date yet, no installation date. So we still have a little time to mess with that. But I wanted to uh, also catch up because we've been gone for a week. We've been in Mexico. Uh, Bogdan was lucky enough to get included in a, um, an art show called Fain, F-A-I-N. It has something to do with feria, a fair for artists who are uh, um, just starting out and uh, independent artists and whatever those letters stand for in Spanish. It's an Argentinian group and they have been functioning now around Argentina and they're expanding out. Last year, I think they were in Mexico City and this year is the first year they will be in three cities in Mexico, in Monterrey, Guadalajara, and Mexico City. Bogdan was lucky enough to be chosen for the show in Guadalajara. So we, we uh, loaded up and flew to Mexico and spent an entire week there. We had to go a little early. Uh, come to find out when you're doing things, if you've done international shows, the the getting the show there is just part of it. You have to get the artwork there. You have to get it, you know, ready for display. And then of course you have to deal with whatever's left at the end of the show. So we went a couple of days early. We were lucky enough to contact a Mexican printer and framer and she did all of the printing for us, got us the uh, plexiglass so we didn't have to carry that with us, and um, printed up all the, all the photographs on, on really high quality paper. And so we just took down some collapsible frames and put them all together and had them ready for the show. And the show was magnificent. It, it lasted for three days and the artists were re requested to be there eight hours a day from, uh, from noon until 8 p.m., Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we saw so many people. I know it's the first time they had this kind of show in Guadalajara, so I think people weren't sure. Uh, but Fane did such a good job with marketing. Uh, everybody knew about it. In fact, uh, they had set up a web page prior to, and a lot of the people who came in uh, expressed that they had, in fact, already seen Bogdan's work before we even arrived. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. To, I, I, if you haven't experienced this, uh, please do. 
uh, the idea that people will come in and be really, really engaged and want to talk to you about the art. Uh, either they know something about it or they don't know anything about it, but they're quite interested in not only you and your story, which is fascinating, but also the story of the art itself, how it was created, what were the inspirations in Bogdan's case, photography, so they wanted to know a little bit about the place. And uh, I don't think, there were other photographers there, uh, but they were more conceptual in their presentation. In fact, everything there was quite, in our building, was quite uh, conceptual. Uh, and so I think people, found Bogdan's work, which was almost journalistic, uh, to be quite different and, and interesting in its, its own right, because it was so very different from everything else in the building. Now, there were seven buildings, and we were in, in just one of them, in a lovely neighborhood, in an old house that had been, uh, I believe, belongs to an artist, and he allowed them to use it as an exhibition space. And it was just marvelous, because it was a pretty beat up old house. In fact, I think it had been used as a school for a while and was pretty trashed. Clean, but, you know, rough. And, and so Bogdan's pictures, he took his inheritance series, and those are generally pictures of, of well, all of them are of kind of an abandoned building that is uh, seen a lot of wear and tear and neglect over the years, uh, tens of, you know, decades of neglect. And so they actually fit in fairly well in this particular space. So uh, that was exciting. We got to see loads and loads of people through, and people I don't think we would ever have met in any other venue. Uh, the first day, well, first of all, the press showed up, which was nice. I, we haven't seen yet where anything was published, uh, but did an interview and photos with Bogdan. And then, of course, we had gallery owners. We had a, a big PR fellow come through who has offices in Guadalajara and in uh, uh, Los Angeles. And that evening, he posted things about Bogdan and his work to his, like, 20,000 viewers. Uh, so it's like, wow, thank you so much for that. There was also a big marketing guy who showed up and actually invited us to dinner, though we had already uh, made uh, plans with other artists uh, or we would have gone. So people were really, really typical Mexican tradition. People were very, very magnanimous and very, very giving and, and very, very supportive. I mean, the, just looking at the work that the, the lady did with the frames was remarkable. Uh, she, she went beyond the call uh, and uh, we really, really appreciated that. And of course, then the other artists in the building were there and they kind of helped us out as well. Um, uh, I, I, can't, I can't express, though, what it was like for them, the other artists to explain to me that there was no problem. We could go and get something to eat at this place really nearby. It was a 7-Eleven. We had three days of lunches provided from 7-Eleven. So I swore to Bogdan that we can never, ever dine at 7-Eleven again. No, it was very nice. Uh, it was very convenient, and we didn't have a lot of time anyway, so we couldn't leave the venue. So anyway, long story short, it was a remarkable experience. Uh, we, uh, Bogdan saw one piece, 
and it was to a, a young lady who had never bought art before. She had, her story was fascinating. She always had loved art. She's in a very stressful IT job. And she was talking to a counselor uh, who said, you know what, you love art. Why don't you collect art? And uh, so this was her first piece of art that she decided to collect. And she had done the research ahead of time. She knew all about the piece she wanted from Bogdan. But in fairness, she went to all seven of the buildings before she circled back to buy the one that she had fallen in love with. And so uh, that was a lovely, lovely story and, and you know, a, a new relationship born. Uh, but then, of course, uh, also, I mean, it was just so refreshing. People would come in, they were generally very interested, but they were, they were so different. I mean, these whole families, whole Mexican families would come in and there'd be like seven, eight, ten people, three generations. And they would all come in and be engaged talking about the art as a family. Uh, I just thought it was remarkable. Very, very rewarding. And uh, would do it again in a heartbeat. Now, as far as the financials involved, we spent a lot of money on this trip. We had to not only print and frame the works, we had to get there. We had hotels and uh, everything other than the 7-Eleven were decent uh, meals and cost money. Uh, we had to, then at the end of the show, we had, uh, oh wait, we had to spend $200 each, that's $400, to get a COVID test so that we could come home. And uh, that was awful, but no, they were fine. They just do, that nose thing is pretty upsetting. But uh, yeah, so we had to we had to cash out. We had to spend dish out some money to to make this thing happen. And of course, selling one one photograph so far, no, we didn't make our money back. But we gained. Bogdan got like a hundred followers on his uh, social media instantly. That like within a day or so, and we're still getting. He's still getting emails and 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 uh, Instagram messages and things from people who just really enjoyed meeting him and hearing the story of his art. Uh, so all of that, you know, how does that weigh out? Does that, does that make it worth it? In my book, yes, it does. I mean, we met hundreds of people that we would never have met uh, in, in our own marketing and outreach that we do here in Houston. So yeah, I think it was well worth it. Uh, so we had 11 pieces. And so, of course, we only sold one, so we have 10 pieces to bring home. And apparently, it's, it's, it's quite expensive to ship things to Mexico, and it's less expensive to ship them out of Mexico. Go figure. And so we talked to the lady at the, the, the venue the, from Fane, from the organization, and there is another show in Mexico City and we haven't heard yet whether or not Bogdan has been accepted for that show. If he has, we would then be taking those 10 pieces, bringing them back to the United States and paying any kind of fees and shipping because it's too much to carry in our luggage. And then we would have to ship it back to go back to Mexico City in December, in November, December, whenever the show is. 
And so that was quite frustrating. And, and so we talked again to the lady at the frame shop and she said, you know what, leave them here. Just I'll store them until November, December. Once you find out if you're in the show, uh, if you do make the Mexico City show, I'll, I can ship them to Mexico City and you can pick them up there. And if not, then we can ship them back to Houston. What a remarkable service. She's not even gonna charge us for that unless we never pick them up, she said. But uh, people are just go out of their way to help you. So I thought that was delightful. And, and so we were able just to leave the, the remaining pictures framed, ready to go, to see whether or not we're going to go back to Mexico in the next couple of months. Mexico City should be a much bigger market. It's more established. Um, I think people in, in Guadalajara were very interested, but it was still a new thing. And I'm not sure that uh, as many people came as would have done if it were more established. So that's what the expenses were quite high. Uh, but again, the rewards are still coming through. We did make friends with some of the other artists, though we were quite busy and they were quite busy and we didn't really have that much time to mingle. Uh, but certainly the, the ones closest to us physically. Uh, right next to our studio was an artist named Miguel Cisneros. Look him up, he's wonderful, and in Guadalajara. Uh, so we talked to him a lot about the business of art and, and how things are going down there, what he's able to do, what he's not able to do. And he does a lot of commercial art uh, on the side from his conceptual fine art stuff that, that where his soul is, but he does a lot of things uh, uh, kind of a corporate uh, commercial art as well. So these people will build these magnificent mansions and they come fully furnished and full of art. And so they will come to Miguel and say, okay, I want this picture, this picture, this picture, that picture, make it like this, make it in these colors, I need it this size. And they commission him to do all of that work. Uh, so he was showing us videos on, on television, uh, shows that are, are Kind of, uh, trying to market these you know, multi-million dollar homes. And he's like, that's my piece of art, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. And I'm sure none of it's signed by him, or if it is, he doesn't get to meet the client. He doesn't, it's not as though the, the, uh, the buyer of the home has much in, in contact with him. But it pays, it pays some bills. The other thing that we realized when we were there is, you know, we're trying to get a sense of the cost of living because, you know what, we could move to Mexico and live much more cheaply than we do here, but we have to have an income. And so we looked at possibilities and what it would cost and what we kind of figured out is that you could live in Guadalajara quite nicely on two to three thousand dollars a month. Now we have this house and we have the house that we live in across the street if we were to put these both up for rent and we got rental income, could we make enough to live in Mexico apart from making any sales for art? It's something we're considering. Uh, I think one of the problems with making a big move like that is that we're afraid that we're going to lose the momentum we have with the clients that we already have here in, in Houston. And our collectors are marvelous. I mean, they were in contact with us every single day that we were that we were in Mexico. And, and we met with some of them last night, we'll meet with, with others tomorrow. 
So it's, it's a great thing to start to build this, this family of supporters around you and to walk away from that means what? You're starting again from scratch? Um, so there are some considerations to be had. But we talked to Miguel and we talked to him about the expenses that he had and, and in the market there in Guadalajara. And his take was that the market in Guadalajara is not great. Not that there's not money there, but the money, if, if people have money, they bring art from outside. And it's pretty much what happens in Houston as well. Um, the people who, there's lots of money in Houston, but there isn't a thriving art. Uh, see, there's an art community, but there isn't this big art support system. Uh, people don't come to Houston to buy art the way they go to Santa Fe to buy art or New York to buy art. It just doesn't happen as much. And so the people with money here tend to buy their things, their art elsewhere, and commission it elsewhere. So we did talk to some of the people who were uh, uh, pretty obviously well-to-do when they came into the studio, uh, to, the, to the art show. And even some people mentioned, you know, do you do commission work? And we said, absolutely, we love commission work. So there is that possibility we looked at the pricing, and, and apparently, uh, we, when we visited with Miguel, he had just purchased, well, just rented, a two-story kind of townhome, typical, very traditional-looking Mexican townhome, with the, the wall right to the street and the grills over the windows and a huge downstairs, high ceilings, big empty space, which wouldn't have been the living room, a kitchen and bathroom downstairs, and then upstairs, three bedrooms and a bath. He's getting all of that for about $350 a month rent. I, I, we were stunned. We were stunned. You could just live there and work downstairs. Uh, he actually has a family, so he, he lives somewhere else and has just uh, rented this space to be his, his workspace, and then he has this downstairs area for display for gallery space and meetings and uh, whatever events need to happen. And then he was considering using one of the three bedrooms that has an ensuite or has access to the bathroom and creating his own residency program for people from the United States who might want to come down there and spend some time doing art. And they have an exhibition space downstairs and someone like Miguel there to, to help them you know, with being in a foreign country. So, you know, he's thinking that he might be able to earn a little that way. So we were thinking, okay, there, there are various opportunities here that we haven't really, haven't really looked into. He also supported that there would be much more, uh, I don't know, art uh, business, more, more income for artists if you were in a place like Merida in, uh, in the Yucatan or if you're in... Puerto Vallarta, if you were in Acapulco, if you were in uh, some of the tourist areas in Mexico City, obviously. Uh, and, uh, and then he said the best place would be San Miguel de Allende, where he actually sells through one of the galleries there. And San Miguel is one of those remarkably beautiful um, colonial Spanish villages. Uh, Everything is brought in. It's, it's, uh, someone mentioned it's kind of been Disney-fied. It's, it's, it's become very, very beautiful and 
more expensive than other parts of Mexico. So he doesn't want to live there, but people come there to buy art. And so a lot of uh, expats have also kind of settled around there, like they have at Lake Chapala in Mexico as well. And so those places, you have more of a chance of making money in a gallery than you would in a place like Guadalajara. There are lovely galleries in Guadalajara, but he said they're mostly closed. They're, they have their own clientele, their own artists that they work with, and not a lot of opening for newer artists or, or newcomers. So we, we, we had a wonderful trip. We were able to do some remarkable stuff for, I think, for Bogdan's art business. And we were able to do some planning ourselves for what could be coming in our future. Uh, so it was quite, quite an interesting and, and exciting time. Uh, I'm really, really glad we went and we were gone for a week and I'm really, really glad to be home too. <laughs> so it feels great. We've been home now, this is the second day. And uh, I stayed home to do some filming, to catch up on all the things that I missed. Because one of the other things that happened, I've been bemoaning the fact that, that uh, over the last year and a half, I've never made a single sale uh, online. And I was actually talking to Miguel about this in his new studio in Guadalajara. And I was saying, you know, I've never made a sale in all this time. No one's bought anything off my website. I make sales in the studio. Um, and in fact, that's been getting better and better, but nothing online. And then while we were speaking, my phone dinged and I had a sale, a $400 sale on Etsy. It's not a huge sale, but I was like, oh my God, I just made a sale while I was complaining about not making sales online. So I suppose there is that possibility. I need to develop that more, figure out how to do that. Uh, I know that people who, who have done that in the past and who are pretty well established report that they do quite well online. Uh, it's kind of their bread and butter. Um, so that was exciting. I, it, it happens to be close by in Houston, so I'm going to go and absolutely just deliver the painting in person tomorrow. Because the problem, of course, with some of these online platforms is I've got a name and address. I don't have any contact information other than that. So it's not like I can add an email to my uh, newsletter. or So I thought if I go and deliver the painting in person, I would get to meet my collector and maybe develop more of a relationship because maybe he'll buy something later on. Uh, there's always hope, right? So anyway, great, great week or so that we've had. Uh, it's been wicked hot. We've, we've dodged two hurricanes. When we were in Mexico, we had a hurricane coming from the Pacific and one coming in the Gulf, but we missed both of them and uh, made it home safely and ready to, to start again. Uh, so anyway, that's what I've been doing. Hopefully you've had a great week and uh, I just wanted to catch up. I know this has been a really rambling uh, bit of, of podcast, but I do appreciate it. I, I felt like I needed to catch up with you guys and get a lot of, of this information out as to where I've been and what we've been up to. It's been very, very exciting. So have a great week. Continue to stay creative. I will talk to you again next week with the next episode. Thanks so much. Bye now.